Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by Ducks Unlimited, a proud sponsor of Outdoors Radio and duck hunters everywhere. Ducks.org. We're also brought to you by the Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. 60 square miles of fun on the water. CastleRock-Petenwell.com. And by Woodside Ranch Resort and Conference Center, woodsideranch.com. I'm Dan Small. Today, we'll get a Lake Michigan fishing report from Captain Dumper Dan Welch, and we'll hear about this year's Purple Martin Fest activity set for July 1st. All that and more coming up on Outdoors Radio, so stay right there. It's time now for Madison Outdoors, and you hear this feature every week at this time on Fox Sports 1070 WTSO, and anytime at all on our podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, LakeLink, iHeartRadio, OutdoorNews.com, and other platforms. And joining us once again is McFarland guide Ron Bearfield. Well, Ron, welcome back, and thanks for joining us. Yes, it's been a couple weeks. It has, and I imagine you've been doing a little fishing. Uh, I've been busy, yeah. Fishing has been really good. I was actually still finding mushrooms, <laughs> not morels, but oysters and chicken of the woods. I have found golden oysters this year. I haven't been looking a lot, but boy, I've stumbled onto a couple of mother loads, huge logs with 20, 30 pounds of oysters, so I didn't have to go far. How, what are you finding? When you find them, they're loaded. It's crazy just how many of them are out there. And a lot of people, I don't believe, know the mushrooms well enough to realize that they're very good to eat. <laughs> These uh, yellow oysters, uh, my wife and I, we really like them. They're something like a morel, not quite. You know, morels have their own flavor, of course, like all mushrooms. But they're very good. And I, you fix them the same way you do the morel, or at least I do. Yeah, and I have found them to be very tasty and the white oysters, the ones that are native, tend to get buggy, but I haven't found bugs in the Goldens. Have you? They've been very clean. They're white on the bottom, and they're clean. You know, they're not coming up out of the dirt like the morels. You know how they get a little sandy? Yep. You know, and, and you got to really wash them well, otherwise you get a little bit of grit in there when you fix them. And they're coming out of the bark, and they're very good to eat if anybody finds them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, have you been on the Madison chain? Uh, the Madison chain has been fishing very well. It's very low. I mean, uh, I'm not sure the county, they have it drawn down probably three feet. It's to the point of where weed growth is terrible. The moss is collecting on all the weeds, and it's terrible. And I know we were in a semi-drought, but this has been this way all year and last year, too. And they don't give you a real reason for it. I'm not sure what's going on, but if you've ever had the blue-green algae on Mendota, you don't usually always see it, you know, this time of year. I mean, early like this, late June at the earliest. There's something going on with our systems here. I'm not sure what it is, but the lakes are fishing very slimy. But the bite has been good. I can't complain about that. The walleye bite on Mendota has been fair. The bass bite has been phenomenal this year on the whole chain. I had musky guys fishing the other day, and on Monona we had five fish up. They hooked into three of them, and they lost all three of them, but a couple of them were very nice fish. We're a little bit cleaner, actually, than, say, Wabisa and, and even Mendota. But like I say, I'm not sure what's going on, but they've been fishing very well. Well, that's good. What are you getting the walleyes on? Jig head and, and live bait, like a minnow. I've actually been catching quite a few of them on a Ned rig that I've been fishing on the weed edges. The walleyes have been pretty aggressive on it. I know it's been used mainly for bass, but I've got to tell you, the walleyes seem to really like it as well. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, I've heard that from other people, too. I think uh, Duffy said that the bass guys were complaining they were catching walleyes. I mean, that's a nice problem to have. <laughs> yes, I guess so. The pike like it, too. It's every now and then you'll get a bite and you, you set the hook and think your bait's gone. <laughs> Sometimes you'll get lucky and hook him in the snoop and get him in, too. They seem to like it as well. Yeah, well, that's a good thing. You've got a lot of action. How about the river, Wisconsin River, in Lake Wisconsin? They're fishing very well. The river is, right now is, is very good shape. It's very low right now, whereas here three weeks ago or a month ago it was very high. 
and with the snow melt still coming down from up north and a little bit of the rains they've been getting up there. But the smallmouth bite has been very good. I've been fishing uh, a lot from Lake Wisconsin to Sparrow River. That stretch has been very good. We're catching a mixture of walleye and bass on a variety of baits from spinnerbaits to plastics to crankbaits. The bite has been very good, uh, not just for bass, but the walleye bite's been good. Northern bite, for some reason, this year has been a little bit slow up there, where I usually catch quite a few pike. That's been a little bit slower. They're there. I mean, it's just uh, for some reason they just haven't been on like the other fish. Yeah. Uh, we were fishing bass with crankbaits, and we actually caught a couple of catfish as well, channel cats that were probably five or six pounds. But at first, we weren't sure what we had on, but then you can kind of tell after a while. They, they fight pretty hard. Yeah, they do. I have caught catfish, channel cats, on crankbaits. They are minnow eaters. They like live bait. It's not just stink bait that catches catfish. Yeah, that's for sure. They, uh, I mean, they're not finding stink bait all the time when uh, nobody's fishing for them, are they? No. <laughs> <laughs> Have they you, clean up a lot of the dead stuff on the bottom, I'm sure. They do. Have you fished the Mississippi lately? I have not lately, but a friend of mine, Ted Peck, is fishing it over there, guides over there. I go over and fish with him a lot. It is fishing very well. He sends me pictures constantly of big bass, nice, beautiful pike, and walleyes. Uh, that's what he's been concentrating on lately with his guide trips. Also, the big crappies. You know, he's starting to catch a few of those as well. He's been fishing very well now that the water's down. Yeah, that's what I hear. Okay. How about trout streams? Have you been out? Once those weeds get up, to, I'm not one of those guys that likes to wade up the middle of the stream and fish. I mean, I know it's a good way to make presentations in certain streams, but I like to stay out of the water if I can. It doesn't disturb them quite as much. Yeah, and the weeds are already getting pretty tall, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Trout streams and in the field anywhere right now, they're, they're growing... They're growing like weeds. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's what they do. Well, advice for anybody who's thinking of flipping a coin this weekend, where would you go? On the weekends, I'll tell you the truth. Madison Chain is a circus. Numerous tournaments out here, and between them and the pleasure boaters, which everybody wants to enjoy the lakes, but it gets to be a, a real headache being out there when that's happening. I would probably head to Lake Wisconsin down to say Tipperary Point. That stretch has been fishing well. I think that you can have some fun with some bass, walleyes, and yeah, you're going to catch a few sheephead mixed in, but they're always fun to catch. They fight good. I don't think you'll find as many pleasure boaters there as you, as you will on a Madison chain. Do you run into wake boaters as well as just people cruising uh, around? Yes, and when they, you know, the water skiers seem, they like the same water the fishermen do because they can't ski if it's choppy. <laughs> It seems like, anyway. The wakeboarders, if they would respect other people and not get out there and swamp, I mean, I've seen them swamp canoes. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't have a problem with it, but they make a wake that will not That's what they're supposed to, you know, that's how what they're designed to do. But I see them real close to shore through fishermen, and they just don't seem to care. You know, the courtesy factor seems to embody on a weekend out here. Well, that's a shame. So Lake Wisconsin's a better bet. It would be a better bet. There's weak boats up there, too. I mean, don't get me wrong, but the way the, the lake is shaped and the stump fields and that, you can kind of get away from that. A lot of those guys, they're not going to come through those stump fields that fishermen might want to fish, so you can kind of get away from it there. That's the nice part. Yeah, very good. Well, Ron, good luck to you, and thanks for the report. We'll catch up with you again in a few weeks. All right. We'll talk to you later. That was Ron Bearfield with the Madison Report. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Castle Rock and Petenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, 
and the Nasita National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock-petenwell.com or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. Step outside, let us be your guide. Florence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for that perfect Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 plus miles of beautiful ATV UTV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to explore, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to exploreflorencecounty.com and plan your trip today. Attention anglers, don't miss St. Croix Rod's annual Customer Appreciation Day on Saturday, June 17th in Park Falls, Wisconsin. St. Croix Rods is celebrating its 75th anniversary of handcrafting the best rods on earth, and you're invited to the party. Attend seminars with top St. Croix pros, get special pricing on retired or B-stock rods, and participate in hourly giveaways. It all happens live on Saturday, June 17th. See details at stcroixrodsfactorystore.com. If you're ever in a motor vehicle accident, call Hupe and Abraham, named Best Personal Injury Law Firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal, year after year. The firm of Hupe and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. In fact, they collect millions of dollars every month for hundreds of satisfied clients. Call the firm Voted Best and Rated Best, Hupe and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit Hupe.com. And all 11 offices of Hupe and Abraham in Wisconsin, Iowa, and Illinois are open for business. The firm of Hupe and Abraham has paid thousands of dollars in rewards to help solve crimes in southeast Wisconsin. Michael Hupe is the president of Milwaukee Crime Stoppers, and he's offering a $25,000 reward for the next anonymous tip that solves a homicide case. So if you've got a tip on an unsolved homicide case, visit MilwaukeeCrimestoppers.com. Well, Jeff Kelm joins me from somewhere in Ohio, and we'll get to this weekend's tournament in a minute, but uh, thanks for joining us again, Jeff. You're on the road again this week. Once again, uh, calling from a hotel room. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, last weekend was walleye weekend in Fond du Lac, and you were there, but for a change, you didn't have to run the tournament, did you? Yeah, you know, we, we supply all the equipment for that event, and uh, we do uh, a lot of the behind-the-scenes and logistics works for it, but uh, but I don't have to MC that event. I'm not the tournament director for that event, uh, so I ran a a release boat for the weekend and, and just help to facilitate things behind the scenes. So you must have handled or seen a lot of walleyes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was quite a few fish caught. It was, uh, you know, the bite is good and the system is really healthy. And I think we talked about that a, a number of weeks ago now with the National Walleye Tour uh, on Oshkosh. You know, it's just a really healthy system right now. and um, The guys really didn't have any problems finding fish over that 15-inch mark. And um, a lot of fish were caught. Uh, I think that first day, weather was really favorable. We had uh, uh, we had 200, 287 teams, I think, registered, and 270 weight fish that first day. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And second day, though, it was windy. I, I had people tell uh, me yeah. that some boats didn't get out. Yeah, there were a number of boats that decided not to get out, and and with good reason. It was it was pretty it, it, it was it was a little sporty, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, anglers are still that uh, were willing to brave it. It wasn't a matter of necessarily unsafe, but if you really weren't as experienced, um, it was uh, it could definitely be uh, a rough ride. And if you had a smaller boat, you were going to take on a lot more water, but. Um, uh, but a number of anglers still went out and fish were caught. And, um, you know, we, there was a few more teams probably up in the river than there was on the main lake at that point. But if you got to the north side of the lake, you were able to get in some better water. Yeah. Well, uh, and I guess if you're way down in the pack after day one, you think twice about going out in high seas if you don't have a boat that can really handle it. Yeah, it's a jackpot-type tournament, so, you know, if you're not going to cash a check, you're not chasing points or anything else, you know, so mm-hmm. sometimes it's better off just cut your losses and uh, enjoy the day at the park and enjoy walleye weekend. Yeah. Now, the winners were Joe and Joseph Robel from Oshkosh. I don't know them. I'm assuming they were a father and son team, or obviously related. They had the same name, really. Uh, they had 29 pounds even. That's pretty good for two days, right? Yeah. Um, 
you know, we had a lot of flip-flopping weights over those two days because uh, because the weather was so good one day and not so good the next. So you really just need to, you know, like every one of these multi-day tournaments, you just need to stay in it. You need to go out and catch fish because mm-hmm. uh, if you don't, there is another team or another angler looking to steal your spot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the team that was in first place after day one, they had over, I think it was over 21 pounds on day one. Ooh. And all they really needed to do was catch five fish, and they caught one. Oh, boy. Yep. And, uh, you know, if you don't catch your fish, there are other teams ready to steal your spot. And yep. that's what happened. Yep. And the second place team was at 27-10, and then 25-10, and 24-10. So uh, the Robles got into them, and, and they must have had, obviously, they had better fish, and that's what it takes. Yep. 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 So what did you do there? So run a, ran a release boat. So uh, managed to uh, to release a real good portion of the fish. We did experience a little higher water temps um, at the at the Mercury Nationals, and so sometimes you get a little bit higher mortality than you really want. Uh, but you know, a lot of those fish when they come into us, we're able to put them into our live oxygen tanks and the uh, release boats and bring a lot of them back to life. Um, but uh, the the Mercury Nationals does a bonus. Uh, they, you get bonus weight for live fish. And on that first day, um, there were a number of teams that didn't quite get all the bonus uh, weight that they could have because uh, they were already bringing fish that mm, weren't, they were on their way out. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, but, you know, the, again, healthy system. They're only bringing five fish between two guys, not even the state limit between two anglers. So, um, really doesn't affect the system at all and it all goes to a good cause um i know that the catholic charities in um in uh, fond du lac is able to utilize those fish uh at the boot pantry so um everything is everything is used and nothing goes to waste well that's good and there was a lot going on too uh it's it's quite a festival um walleye weekend is is more than just a tournament oh it is and uh you know there there are so many other uh, things to do there. You get yourself walk around, of course, you know, on Oven Island where, where we're set up, you've got all the Mercury stuff to look at uh, and plenty of things to buy as well between Mercury gear and, and checking out some of the new motors and the technology there. Uh, and the boat, Cedar Lake Sales was there giving demo rides and yep. things. Um, but, uh, but then the whole rest of the park, you've got bands and you've got games and rides and and, uh, you know, really just a great community festival. And uh, it, it's a lot of fun to just uh, just see it all happen. Yeah. I'm glad there was good weather for it, and uh, and there were a lot of people who had a good time. So this weekend you are in, where are you, Lorraine, Ohio, on Lake Erie? Lorraine, Ohio, yeah. Lorraine, Ohio, Lake Erie, uh, Masters Walleye Circuit, and the Lake Erie Walleye Trail. So it's a dual event we've run for the last, uh, this is the fourth time, I believe, that we've run a dual event. So we've been doing it since 2020. 2020 was, uh, of course, the year of COVID, and um, we had to reschedule an event, and we had to reschedule that event, uh, and it ended up being on top of this Lake Erie Walleye Trails tournament. So I called the the tournament director up, and I said, you know, hey, would you be willing to run a dual event with us? And um, uh, he's like, yeah, that's that's no problem. Sure, we'll we'll try that. Well, it's been a really great, successful partnership uh, every year since then. So we have run a dual event with the Loot or Lake Erie Walleye Trail every year since 2020. Hmm. And the anglers seem to like it. We get a lot of teams in both events. And, um, um, you know, they adopt all of the MWC rules. And so I don't have any issues with, you know, somebody not knowing the rules or whatnot. All those rules are the same. And uh, for the most part, even when they're running their own event, um, the rules really do not differ much from us. Maybe a, a couple of small things, but the majority of everything is, is pretty much on par and the same. So we work well together, and, and um, the anglers really seem to like it. And I think we've got over a hundred and it's like a hundred and twenty thousand dollars in prize money and, and prizes uh, with the two events combined. And I think each year that we've run this a dual event team has won. Huh. So they've won both events if you win it. Yeah. So, wow. Um, 
pretty cool pretty cool to be able to hand that out especially because you have things like uh, Ranger Cup which that's eight thousand dollars yeah. per tournament mm. and so you know that's an added sixteen thousand dollars when you win it and, uh, and um, the anglers have been able to do that each time well good for them yeah I guess it does pay to enter both if you think you're competitive so uh, yeah Absolutely. That's good. Well, we are recording this a uh, day or two before you start. You're watching the weather. What happens if you have a bad day? Do you then fish on Sunday? Yeah, so yeah, we we typically would have uh, be, be be looking at a adding a day on the backside um, if we've got that Sunday available. But this time around, we we don't. Mm. Uh, we've got such a short turnaround time uh, with running the National Walleye Tour as well in South Dakota which is not exactly right next to Ohio. No. And so um, we've, we've kind of got to turn around and, and uh, we've got to get pick up different staff and we have to get everything else ready to go. So um, we're not able to fish on that Sunday. So if we do have a blow day, it would just become a single-day shootout and uh, go from there. All right. Well, I hope you have a good. I hope you have good weather. A two-day event, and uh, of course, we'll get a report on this one next week while you are somewhere in South Dakota, and then you get you get to be home then for the Fourth of July, right? I do get to be home for the Fourth of July. I think we've got like three and a half weeks off. Wow. So who's feeding your chickens while you're gone? <laughs> you know what? I've got a really neat system that feeds them all on their own. I've, I've got a hopper system that I can put three or four bags of uh, feed in, and they take care of themselves. My automatic door opens and closes. The only thing that doesn't take care of themselves is egg collection, but we have a neighbor but come by every now and then pick those up for us. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, I knew you had the hopper system. I didn't know it could um, it could be self-sustaining for several days. Oh, yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, we've been playing farmer here um this week with hoping for rain, praying for rain. It's not happening. We had a visit from our local NRCS uh, agent this week um, giving us some advice on how to better pasture the sheep, move them from paddock to paddock more frequently so that they eat everything instead of just the stuff they like. They're kind of like kids who don't like broccoli you know they leave that on their plate there's kentucky bluegrass they won't eat and of course nobody eats creeping charlie and and they don't eat the white clover so yeah yeah it's interesting it is it is for sure you're still still learning all these years later oh yeah well it's only been 10 years but you know i'm i'm a slow learner i guess as a farmer the (laughs) the lesson that i didn't learn was um whether or not I should get into this in the first place, <laughs> but I'm in. I'm in up to my ears now. So, well, Jeff, we're going to let you go, and we will catch up with you next week again. Sounds great, Dan. All right. Well, Jeff Kelm is joining us from Lorain, Ohio, and folks, stick around. We're going to talk to Les Rines. He is the president of the Wisconsin Purple Martin Association. There's an event coming up July 1st in Sheboygan County. And speaking of Sheboygan, we've got Captain Dumper Dan Welch back with another Lake Michigan report off Sheboygan, and there's a lot going on this week on the Big Lake. All that and more straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. We at Remy Battery Company want to thank all of our customers and friends we have made over the past 90-plus years and your continued support of our local, family-owned company. Stop in and see the expertise of over nine decades of battery knowledge and customer service. Let us take care of the batteries for all of your needs, from power tools to sump pumps and ATVs to hunting decoys, even down to the smallest hearing aids, big and small, We have them all. Stop in for a free battery and electrical check before you hit the road, trails, or waters. Don't forget to ask your sales representatives about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online 
at RemyBattery.com for all your battery and battery accessory needs. Attention anglers, don't miss St. Croix Rod's annual Customer Appreciation Day on Saturday, June 17th in Park Falls, Wisconsin. St. Croix Rods is celebrating its 75th anniversary of handcrafting the best rods on earth, and you're invited to the party. Attend seminars with top St. Croix pros, get special pricing on retired or B-stock rods, and participate in hourly giveaways. It all happens live on Saturday, June 17th. See details at stcroixrodsfactorystore.com. Castle Rock and Petenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Nesita National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock-petenwell.com or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. It's time for another Lake Michigan fishing report for the Sheboygan area, sponsored by Dumper Dan's Sport Fishing Charters, Condos, and Riverfront Store on South Pier Drive in Sheboygan, and on the web at DumperDan.com, and on Facebook at Dumper Dan's Sport Fishing Charters. Also brought to you this week by a trio of great pubs and grills in Sheboygan, Bourbon Street on Indiana Avenue, and Hollerin' Hills on South Business Drive, and Freaky's Bar on Michigan Avenue. And all of these folks have Facebook pages, and we'll talk a little more about them in just a minute. So Dumper Dan joins us again, once again, Dan Welsh. Dan, welcome back. Oh, you bet. Great to be back, Dan, and just want to get you updated here on what's going on since our last report. Well, that's why we talk to you every other week. So a big question is, who's in town now, Cohoes, Kings, or all of the above? (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. Well, I'll tell you what, what a change of events since we did speak last on Fishing Report at Dumper Dan. Water's warmed up another 5, 6 degrees, which has really turned the feed bag on for these king salmon. We went from a hot coho bite all of May into early June, a lot of limits of good grilling size, you know, 2 pound up to about 8 pound cohos. And we're still catching Dan, some of them cohos as well right now, but the kings are definitely on the on the chew. We've come, come in my dumper dam boats this week with some good wall mounting fish. We had a couple 25s, a 28 pounder. Like I said, change of events, kings are biting, the cohos are mixed in with the kings too, and we're kicker fish uh, every now and again. We're catching some nice steelhead or rainbow trout with these fish as well. Nice. Well, where are you getting them? The access, Dan, to get to these fish, and there's been a lot of traffic off the port of Sheboygan. A lot of people are cashing in on this, uh, other charters, my fleet of boats and private boats as well, but anywhere from 80 to 150 feet of water. Straight out of town has been good. North Pigeon River up to the Gulf Course, Whistling Straits has been good in that 80 to 150. And then also south of town, uh, power plant down to the Beach House, Terry Andre, Kohler Andre State Park. So that whole spread has been good, uh, more or less. And pick your depth, watch your graph, look for pods of bait fish. There's a lot of bait out there. They're suspended in that water column, as I mentioned, from 80 to 150. Kind of pick your depth. Just this morning, 130 was a good depth for us, 130 foot of water. Offshore out of Sheboygan, that's about two miles, so not real far, uh, easy to get to them. All right, and what are you trolling for those fish? Them fish are coming on like wire divers, copper board setups, and downriggers, and they're coming in the middle of the water column again. So let's just say you're in 130 feet of water. We're catching them 60 to about 100 feet down, so right in the middle of that water column, depending on what depth you're in. So target that. That's where the bait's at. That's where the temp breaks are at, where it gets colder, closer to the bottom on water temp. Flasher fly, the 8-inch flasher, has been very good. Chrome blade with anything green on it has been good, or white with a chrome blade. 8-inch flasher, rotating flasher with a salmon candy fly behind it has been very good. They always catch kings, and they're, they're good producers of catching big kings as well. Now, spoons are still catching fish, too. Yuck spoons, pro kings, stinger spoons are catching a lot of steelhead and coho salmon, and then also throw a couple of them little red dodgers out, the double-lot and triple-lot red dodgers with a peanut fly green behind it, 
up in the higher part of the water column for the coho. Spoons, dodgers, flashers, get them all out there. Good speed is about 2.2 to 2.4 at the ball. And same on surface, about 2.4 to 2.6, a little bit higher on surface paddle wheel speed. Get out there, cash in on this great fishery right now because it is lights out right now here in June out of the port of Sheboygan. Fantastic. Now, do you have openings for the rest of this month and into July and August? I do, and I, with the long winter that everybody saw here in the Midwest, a lot of the calls are coming in a little later this year than, than usual here at Dumper Dan's, but the phone is just buzzing off the hook, and a lot of guys are grabbing last-minute dates. So, yes, I do have some June dates open yet. Don't hesitate on afternoon fishing either. Last night, my guys got them real well. We fished uh, till 8 p.m., and caught them as well. So if you can't make it in the morning, we can certainly get you out in the afternoon. But I do have openings in June, and a lot of guys are starting to call for July. So the next couple months is going to be real good here. Good water temp, good bait fish, and easy access to get to these trout and salmon. Well, that sounds great. Now, our second sponsor this week is actually a trio of taverns. Do you frequent all these places? I don't know how you find time to get around to all the bars. I know you shoot pool uh, at Dave's Who's In, but this week it's Bourbon Street, and we've seen them before. But Hollerin Hills and Vreekies, tell us about those places. Yeah, I try and get to them as well because they're sponsors of ours, and I like to stop and say hi and grab a lunch or grab my guys and take them to lunch, my crew. But I haven't got to all of Penny's places yet. Penny uh, was a sponsor of ours last year with Bourbon Street. Um, She bought two more places since, so she covers the south side of town on Business Drive, the north side on Michigan Avenue, and then Indiana Avenue at Bourbon Street. So three great locations. She's got a great menu. They're great cooks, great food. Wherever you are in town, try and you know stop into one of her three locations and just have a nice lunch and some beverages. Highly recommend it, definitely, and she does a great job. And that's Penny Hintz. She must be a busy gal. I think she runs faster than I do, but uh, she keeps moving, and my hat off to her. So, um, yeah, definitely check it out. Sheboygan's got a lot of great places to dine and, and have a good meal, but definitely check out Penny's, too, and no matter where you are in town, and have a nice dinner and you know, say hi to the, the group at her place. And there's other things to do there, too. I mean, dartboards and pool tables and whatnot. So stop on in and say hi and grab something to eat and go. And fish fries on Friday and karaoke some nights, so definitely worth checking out. Absolutely now. If you need to get a hold of me and you want to get a reservation in, I take all the reservations right through me, Dumper Dan, 920-377-1147. can text me too. Taking a lot of reservations on text, but call is probably the best choice. www.dumperdan.com, always on the Internet. Check out our website. And to the right side of our homepage on the Dumper Dan website, you can access our Facebook page. Click on that. I'm doubling up just about every day on post, posting about 10 to 12 pictures daily. So check them all out. You might recognize somebody, too, on them pictures. Yes, and you'll also hear this interview and every interview that we do this season on Dan's website, or on his Facebook page, I should say. Ozzy puts it all together, and uh, it'll all be there for you with photos and sometimes a video. You never know what's coming. Well, Dan, thank you so much. Uh, Keep busy out there and pick one of those taverns and have a lunch. Absolutely. I'm going to do that. I'm getting hungry already. All right. We'll talk to you again in a couple weeks. All right, thanks, Dan. Have a great day. You bet. Dumper Dan Welch with the Sheboygan Area Lake Michigan Fishing Report, brought to you by his business, Dumper Dan's Sport Fishing Charters, Condos and Riverfront Store on South Pier Drive in Sheboygan, on the web at DumperDan.com, on Facebook at Dumper Dan Sport Fishing Charters. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Listen to more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. 
Many of our migratory birds have already returned to Wisconsin for the nesting season. I'm sure you've seen robins and maybe orioles, hummingbirds, and swallows. And one member of the swallow family is a purple martin. And joining us now to talk about martins and this year's upcoming Martin Fest is Les Rines, president of the Wisconsin Purple Martin Association. Les joined us last year at this time, and he's with us again. Les, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure, Dan. Your website talks about the Martins and what we can do to help them and a little bit about their history, and it is wisconsinpurplemartins.org, folks, if you want to check that out. Let's talk about the Martins. Where do they spend the winter? Well, their wintering grounds are in South America, down in Brazil. Okay. They all go to Brazil. Yes. This species is considered an aerial insectivore, meaning that they eat insects, they eat on the wing, during the winter months, obviously uh, too cold for insects, so they migrate back to Brazil for their wintering and then come back into uh, our state beginning the end of March and into early April. This year, the first bird that was reported was on March 31st to a colony near Montello. They must time their return with the availability of insects, right? Well, landlords would hope that that's always the case, and, and more often than not, it is. They advance throughout Wisconsin from the southern regions up to the north and in well into Canada as insect population is available for them to forage on. Unfortunately, as we've experienced, winter has a habit of hanging on. Yeah. And these birds will arrive at times when we have late winter storms and prolonged cold spells. So we, as landlords, many times are faced with supplemental feeding. We flip crickets using a spoon, crickets as well as scrambled eggs. We flip them into the air for the birds to eat before the insects are hatched. That's got to be something to learn how to do and something to watch as well. I mean, you're catapulting food into the air, and these birds fly around, obviously grab it before it hits the ground, right? Yes. Typically, you can tell when the bird is stressed. They'll sit on their perch or on the house, and their wings are drooped, you can just tell by their demeanor that they're cold, they're hungry, obviously. And by flipping these crickets or scrambled eggs or mealworms to them, they'll instinctively take that on the wing, although sometimes not right away. It takes a while for uh, them to catch on. In my own case, it took me three years to get birds to start accepting food that way. Uh huh. Who came up with that system of throwing food in the air for them? I'm not exactly sure who did it, but it's it's something that was a technique that was identified as being one that worked and promoted then by the Purple Martin Conservation Association out of Pennsylvania. Okay. Now, you mentioned landlords and perch and house. Let's talk about the habitat that they occupy here in Wisconsin. It's pretty unique, isn't it? Well, it is, and it's vastly different than what a lot of people remember seeing years past. There were wood houses that were on stationary poles. Actually, they were at many of the family farms. These farms would have one or two wood houses with large round holes, and the birds would live in them for the summer, have their young, and then leave. But with the addition of European starlings and house sparrows taking over basically a lot of these nesting cavities, or attempting to, we've gone to a system where we can actually raise and lower the house, uh, the wood housing, metal housing, or gourd rack. That way we can manage the purple martins more effectively. We can clean out any attempted sparrow nest or starling nest and keep those nest site competitors at bay so that the martins have a, a better chance of success. They're called colony nesters, right? Yes, and by that we mean that they're not socially distant, where you can only have one house at a time, like a bluebird, where you have one house every 300 feet, but rather they are colony nesters, so they're quite happy having a a multitude of compartments uh, next to each other. So typically one house will have anywhere between 8, 12, or even 14 compartments. Each pair finds a compartment that's suitable for them, and that's where they'll build a nest and raise their young. What is the advantage in a survival or defensive sense of their nesting alongside others of their species? 
Well, there's always birds around and there's some that are on the perch, so they're acting as sentries in the event that a uh, hawk sharks in or a coopers would come into the colony, they can easily alert other birds as to what's going on for the protection of the colony. Aha, uh -huh, okay. You talked about raising and lowering the houses so that you can prevent other unwanted species like sparrows and starlings from nesting in those cavities. Are there other concerns for the health of purple martins? There are many concerns. Sometimes summers will promote a lot of nest insects, lice, mites, blowfly larvae. Mm -hmm. So a landlord will typically lower the house every five or seven days, some even more frequently, to basically check on the health of the bird. What they're looking for is any infestation of these insects, lice, mites, or blowfly larvae. Sometimes the nest becomes very wet, damp, and that's a breeding ground for lice and mites. So a landlord will actually do a nest check uh -huh. and a full nest changeover at that time. What that entails is being able to lower the house, take those chicks out of the nest, put them in a protected pail with pine straw on the bottom, cover them up, and then change out the nesting material. Remove the, uh, the dirty, wet nest, replace it with dry pine straw, and then place those chicks back into the compartment and raise the house back up. The adults are, are fine with this so long as, as a landlord that you are familiar with the birds and they're familiar with you by walking around the colony typically on a daily basis or every couple of days and letting the birds get accustomed to you and the birds actually get accustomed to the house being raised and lowered. The chicks do as well. So it works out and they're okay with it. That's interesting. And landlord is the appropriate term, I guess, because there is quite a bit of maintenance involved and you have a relationship with your tenant, so to speak. Yes, we do. Typically on my colony, my personal colony, I walk around every morning I check out what's happening underneath the base. I'm looking to see if there was an egg that was kicked out. Pretty soon we'll have hatching going on here. And sometimes there might be a chick laying on the ground. So we have to determine what was the reason for that. If it was a case where the adult bird thought that this chick wasn't healthy and moved it out of the nest, or was it pulled out by another bird? We're basically investigating a lot of times what's going on but keeping a sharp eye on the health of the colony all the time. If you put a young bird that fell out back into the wrong nest, will the parents accept it? They will if it's about the same age. When we're doing our nest checks, we have records that we keep. As an example, I know when the first egg was laid in each compartment. I know the total number of eggs that were laid using some tools from the PMCA, the Purple Martin Conservation Association, I can predict when the eggs are going to hatch. And I can also predict the earliest possible fledge date for these birds. So I know the approximate age of the chick, so I could put it back into a nest that has approximately the same age of chicks, and those adults will care for it. Well, Les, we have to take a break here, but I do want to talk about Martin Fest, so will you stay with us for a minute or so, and we'll come back and continue our conversation? Sure. Folks, I'm talking with Les Rines. He's the president of the Wisconsin Purple Martin Association. Their website is wisconsinpurplemartins.org. We'll be back with more conversation with Les right after this. I'm Dan Small. You're listening to Outdoors Radio. Flow has made world-class recreational and utility trailers for 40 years, and the industry-leading innovations keep on coming. Choose an all-aluminum UT model or Cargo Max, the only utility trailer with a molded polymer bed, integrated sides, and an engineered aluminum frame. With either one, you'll know you don't have just any old trailer. If a new trailer is on your mind, check out floeintl.com. Flow trailers, where the rubber meets the road. Castle Rock and Petenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Nacita National Wildlife Refuge. 
Learn more at castlerock-petenwell.com or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. Step outside, let us be your guide. Florence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for that perfect Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 plus miles of beautiful ATV UTV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to explore, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to exploreflorencecounty.com and plan your trip today. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Attention anglers, don't miss St. Croix Rod's annual Customer Appreciation Day on Saturday, June 17th in Park Falls, Wisconsin. St. Croix Rod's is celebrating its 75th anniversary of handcrafting the best rods on earth, and you're invited to the party. Attend seminars with top St. Croix pros, get special pricing on retired or B-stock rods, and participate in hourly giveaways. It all happens live on Saturday, June 17th. See details at stcroixrodsfactorystore.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. I'm talking with Les Rines. He's the president of the Wisconsin Purple Martin Association. Their website is wisconsinpurplemartins.org. And there's an event coming up the first weekend in July called Martin Fest. Well, Les, what is Martin Fest all about? And this year it's a little different, isn't it? Yes, it is, Dan. Martin Fest is an event that the Wisconsin Purple Martin Association holds annually, a time when we go to a colony and invite people to come and take a look at a colony and interact with Purple Martins. We provide a series of events for education, to learn about the birds, to learn about the types of housing that they require, the type of location or site that they require, and information about the birds in general. This year, as you mentioned, it is a little bit different. We normally have an event at a public place where uh, we have a colony that people can look at. But this year we've got the permission to view and participate with three private colonies located near the Oostburg and Sheboygan Falls area. And at these three colonies, we are having a Martin Walk. Participants can start at any one of the three locations and spend as much time as they like there. The event runs from 12 o'clock until 4 o'clock. They can spend as much time as they want at each of the three colonies, hoping that they'll go to the host colony at Terry Mentings, 2977 Wilson-Lima Road, at 3 o'clock because we will have a bird banding demonstration conducted by Dick Nikolai, retired DNR biologist, master bird bander. And so he'll be banding the young at Terry's colony, and we'll also have our silent auction, which is our primary fundraiser for our uh, organization. Nice, and I understand you have a very special item in your silent auction this year, a pretty large Martin house, right? We do. We were blessed this year to receive a donation of a T14 house manufactured by the Troyer Company, brand new in the box. It's a deluxe Purple Martin house, 14 compartments, the house, the pole, the winch, the base, everything. A retail value of over $1,500, and we are starting our bid at $500 for that. So that's our big one. But in addition, we'll have other items as well donated from the Purple Martin Conservation Association out of Pennsylvania and also from Troyer's Birds Paradise out of Pennsylvania, as well as other items that will be there for uh, auction. We'll have that and other things. 
Nice. Your three sites are, as you mentioned, all in Sheboygan County. Are they all listed on your website? They are. If people go to our website and look under events, they'll find Martinfest for 2023. And information about the event is there along with the addresses, the landlord names. These are relatively close to one another. So it's easy driving distance from one to the other. The other unique thing is that we've got some landlords that are relatively new. Terry Menting, as an example, the the host colony, he's been a landlord for six years. However, he's experienced very rapid growth at his colony. He's got a total of 64 compartments available. Last year, he had 58 pair, 58 pairs of birds. He fledged 311 babies at his colony. My goodness. I'll bet the mosquitoes were not very abundant on his property with all those Uh, birds. (laughs) No, they, as well as other species, take care of them pretty well. On the other side, we've got another gentleman, Dean Heinen, who has been a landlord only one year. He lives pretty close to Terry. He's offering a total of 38 compartments. And last year, he had three pair and fledged five. But from what I have learned, he has a number of pair there this year. So he's doing better than last year. The unique thing about this is people are able to see different styles of housing that are utilized along with gourds and things like that and be able to get perspectives on what has worked for other landlords to get ideas of what they can do. And we'll have people in attendance that have been landlords for well over 40 plus years. And I'm sure we'll have some, many, I hope, that are looking at it as a hobby to get into. Very good. Dale Wingert is the third landlord, and uh, he's a friend of mine. We did a TV show with him many years ago on some of the boats that he restored. Say hello to Dale. I probably won't make your event, but say hello to him for me. Well, the interesting thing about Dale is that he's been a landlord, a successful landlord now for just a few years, but he's tried for over 30. Wow. And it all comes down to offering the right types of housing and in the correct location. Uh Uh-huh. He worked with Greg Zimmerman, who is the vice president of our club, as his mentor. They worked out a plan, and it's been working for Dale. Well, good. So this is something... He pledged 40 last year. He did. Wow, that's good. So this is something that one can get into, but maybe you're not going to have immediate success. It takes a lot of effort and a lot of education, a lot of trial and error. Well, how are Martins doing generally in Wisconsin? You've had success at the three sites that people will be visiting on July 1st, but how are they doing elsewhere? We're doing pretty well. Our numbers are up. I look at a couple different gauges. We've got public colonies in the Sheboygan County area and elsewhere around the state. And from what I'm hearing from people, the numbers are up at those colonies. I look at Purple Martin Conservation Association website. They have a feature called the Scout Arrival, where landlords can identify as birds arrive to their site. So we know or when they're arriving throughout the entire country, actually. We have over 105 colonies that have been represented this year that have shown that they have adult birds at their sites. Just a few years ago, we were down in the low 80s. There have been a number of new colonies that have been established in the last few years. That's all good news. Well, Les, thank you so much for sharing all this information. I hope you have a great event at Martin Fest, and I hope a lot of our listeners show up and learn something about Martins. I hope so, too. I'd like to see everyone there. Thank you. You bet. Les Rines is the president of the Wisconsin Purple Martin Association. Their website again, wisconsinpurplemartins.org. And Martin Fest this year in Sheboygan County is on July 1st. That's Saturday, July 1st. You can learn more about the event and what you can do there and their silent auction as well on their website. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. Let us be your guide, Florence County, Wisconsin.
Are you looking for that perfect Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 plus miles of beautiful ATV UTV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to explore, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to exploreflorencecounty.com and plan your trip today. Flow has made world-class recreational and utility trailers for 40 years, and the industry-leading innovations keep on coming. Choose an all-aluminum UT model or Cargo Max, the only utility trailer with a molded polymer bed, integrated sides, and an engineered aluminum frame. With either one, you'll know you don't have just any old trailer. If a new trailer is on your mind, check out floeintl.com. Flow trailers, where the rubber meets the road. If your rifle, shotgun, handgun, or muzzleloader needs work this season, call Roger Williams at Northern Magnetic, LLC. A licensed professional gunsmith for over 35 years, Roger can repair, customize, rebarrel, install sights and scope mounts, and more on all firearms, makes, and models. When you need a professional gunsmith, call Roger at 262-339-1798 or visit FixGuns.com. That's 262-339-1798 or FixGuns.com. The Midwest's largest fishing website, lake-link.com, is your online fishing resource. 90% of Lake Link's features are yours to use free of charge. And members get access to Lake Link's online lake map library, lets you get GPS coordinates of any spot on the lake, and export waypoints to your onboard electronics. Members also get free outdoor classified ads, discounts on online store merchandise, and a whole lot more. You can also listen to Outdoors Radio 24-7 on Lake Link. Listen to this week's show... Catch any of our past shows, subscribe to our podcast, or even sign up for our weekly e-newsletter so you'll know in advance what's coming up right here. Just type in the keyword radio. See what you've been missing. Log on to lake-link.com today. That's lake-link.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. We're brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend and on the web at cedarlakesales.com. Crestliner is offering year-end clearance, instant cash rebates of up to $5,000 on certain models through June 30th. There's no better time to buy a new boat, so check out the Cedar Lake Sales website or Facebook page for details. We're also brought to you by Ducks Unlimited a proud sponsor of our show and of Duck Hunters Everywhere. To learn more about the world's leader in wetlands conservation, visit ducks.org. And we're brought to you by the Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association, 60 square miles of fun on the water, castlerock-petenwell.com, and by Woodside Ranch Resort and Conference Center, woodsideranch.com. And if our TV show, Outdoor Wisconsin, is not airing where you live now, you can watch past episodes at milwaukeepbs.org. And our Deer Hunt Wisconsin show from the last several years is archived on the Deer Hunt Wisconsin TV YouTube channel. And if you missed anything we talked about on this week's show, dates, websites, phone numbers, you can always listen online at lake-link.com slash radio. And our show is now available as a podcast on many platforms, including the new OutdoorNews.com slash podcast platform. You can find Jeff all over social media at Hardwater Jeff, and find me at Dan Small Outdoors. I'm hosting a group to Black Island Resort on Lake of the Woods again this year, now that Canada has opened back up to American visitors. The dates are September 11 through 15, and there's still room for a few more guests. We'll spend four nights on Black Island with three days of guided fishing. We'll catch walleyes for lunch, shore lunches on the water. We'll also catch smallmouths, northerns, maybe some muskies, and some big panfish as well. Everything's included in the package. Guides, boats, bait, tackle, and lodging in some really nice resort cabins. All meals are included, and we eat well, i tell you what. Black Island serves us well. We'll enjoy shore lunches, as I mentioned, of the walleyes that you catch. And the trip is limited to just 13 guests, including my son John and I, and some friends from Stormy Cromer are going to be there. And they'll bring some gifts for everyone on the trip. The cost is $1,500 per person, 
And you can call the folks at Ballard's Black Island. The best way to find them is to go to blackisland.com. Pull down the Trips tab, and you'll find my name, and you can get all the information you need right there. Our theme music is by Warren Nelson. His next concert is Wednesday, June 21st at the Bayfield Maritime Museum. The show starts at 5.30 p.m., and for details and more events, lots more going on this summer, visit warrennelson.com and click on the media page. I'm Dan Small. We'll catch up with Jeff Kelly on the road to South Dakota next week. When the you get outside this weekend and be sure to join us again next week for Outdoors. In the blue week. north wind, I'll be trolling home to you. When my wrist gets a little chilly on the gunnel, when my lazy Ike is just too lazy to lure When the worms go dry In the coffee can, honey